This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, we do welcome you to Passion Church this morning. So glad that you're here. God bless you, brother. Great to have you here. Met you this morning. Visiting, wonderful. Anyone else is visiting, we welcome you as well. Hallelujah. I'm so glad God's in control, aren't you? Hallelujah. I know, bless their hearts. I know even some of God's people, bless their hearts. I'm not being critical, but I'm telling you, they're getting all uptight about everything that's going on. I'm telling you, you need to get back in your Bible and you won't be surprised. Amen. Jesus already told us all this stuff was going to happen. All this kind of turmoil is going to go on. But he said, be of good cheer. Hallelujah. I'm going to be of good cheer. I'm going to be full of courage, full of confidence. And I'm going to have the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, church. Listen, it's when times are difficult in the world. That's when the church, this is our greatest moment. This is our greatest hour. Because we have the only message that matters. Amen? We, we have the way, the truth, and the life with us. Amen? What people are looking for. What people are longing for. Well, it's not my message, but it could be. Hallelujah. Well, we're talking about God's engine for vision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's engine for vision. God has a vision for your life, and He has a vision for Passion Church in Montgomery. We're not here just so that we can go through the motions, just so we can have a Sunday morning service. There's a purpose. And when we realize that God has a vision and a purpose, then we realize that every time that that we interact with God and with one another, that it is to help advance that purpose. And advance that vision. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. And God's engine for vision is not an organization. It is people. God's people. Amen. You're here. It's not by accident. Now, I know we've got people visiting today. But I'm talking about if you're here and you know this is where God's Then you're not here by accident. We've already talked about every member of the body is important. That's why I used, you know, Paul uses the, the, the type of the human body, which is a wonderful example. But I'm using, bringing it up a little modern, uh, a little more modern about an engine. And just to review, you know, we said, you know, you pop your hood, you look under the, your car, your truck, whatever you drove, and you say, there's an engine. But the truth is, there's many parts that make up the engine, isn't it? And if you get a few of those parts that they're not functioning properly, Listen, even though all the rest of the engine is working, it still may not provide any get up and go. (laughs) Isn't that true? Absolutely. And so before you say, well, my part's not important, you know, we can say that, well, the spark plug, the spark plug, I mean, it's a little small piece. I mean, you know, take out two or three of those. What's the big deal? Well, you're going to find out what the big deal is. (laughs) See, every part is important. 
So today, as we talk about God's engine for vision, as we continue to look at this, I want to I remind you that, uh, of your importance and that every one of us, not just the preacher, not just the pastor, but every one of us in the body of Christ, we are called, we are anointed, and we are appointed. We could say this, we're called for purpose, we're anointed for purpose, and we're appointed for purpose. And that is to all of us coming together, working together by the orchestration of the Holy Spirit, we become God's engine for His vision. So let's look at that a moment. <laughs> look over there. We've looked at this scripture's kind of been our theme, but let's look over in 1 Thessalonians. Verse, chapter 2, verse 12, just to read this again. He says, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you. Who called you? God did. I didn't call you. Don't stay at Passion Church because of me. God help you. I said, God help you. I don't even stay here because of me. <laughs> I stay here because what God called me. And you need to settle it. God's called you. He says he's called us into his kingdom and glory. Now, he's called us into his kingdom and glory, but also he has called you here. And if he has not called you here, then you need to pray and find out where God has called you. I mean, I want you to stay. Speaking humanly as a pastor, as a human being, I want everybody to stay. But more importantly, as, as God's minister, I want you to be where God wants you to be, where you need to be. Because I believe this, uh, not only if, if you're here but you're not taking your place, it's going to hurt the body. But if you're here and you're not supposed to be here, that can also hurt. Amen? I mean, I want to pop that engine all of a sudden. I say, you know what? I think I'm going to re-engineer this thing. I'm going to put this extra wire over here and I'm going to move this. Listen, you're going to mess the thing up. We each have our place. So it says he's called us. Every one of us, this word called means to be chosen and to be separated for God. I'm chosen and separated for God, but so are you. You need to see that. You need to know that. You need to meditate on that till it gets down in you and you say, bless God, I'm called. Because listen, when you're called by God to a purpose, I'm telling you, no matter how rough it gets, no matter how people act up, not anybody in this church. That's that church over there. But, you know, no matter what comes, if it's, if it's difficult, if it's, if it's glorious, whatever it is, I'm telling you, you can't move. I mean, you can think in your head, you know what? I mean, there's a church that's right across the street, but God's put me over here across town. I, I got I to stay over there. You know when somebody does something to hurt your feelings? If you, if you ain't never had your feeling hurt, you ain't been in church long. Amen. Man, I tell you all the time, I've been at this for 40-something years. I, I, I've been criticized by experts. You ever run into one of those experts? Woo-hoo. Man, they know everything that's wrong with the church. You know, I, 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 I tell them sometimes, you know, I tell, if you take that gift and just turn it on yourself, you might stop using it. God doesn't call perfect people, but we're called and chosen by Him. John 15, look over there what Jesus said. 
Now, he's speaking to his disciples, but this applies to you and I because we're also God's disciples. We're called. He said, you did not choose me. You know, I know sometimes, you know, when we're testifying, you know, about, uh, you know, our salvation experience and everything, we say, I found the Lord. Well, the Lord wasn't lost. <laughs> we know what they mean. But really, the, the reality of that is he found us, didn't he? <laughs> well, I was stumbling along in the darkness, and he found me. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and what? Bear fruit. You bear fruit when you are planted where the Lord wants you. Where you begin to recognize, you know what, I'm called for a purpose. I'm not just called to, you know, to sit like a bump on a log. God's got a purpose for me. God's got a gifting in me. We're going to see uh, before we leave today, God's got an anointing on you for a purpose. And so He's called you and chosen you. You need to see yourself as called and chosen by the Lord. You say, yeah, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just so weak, and I'm so this, and I'm so that, and I'm so imperfect. Well, I, welcome to church. Welcome to church. We're going to see in a minute, even the Apostle Paul, he said, he said, I was the chiefest of sinners. I'm the least of the apostles. He said, I persecuted the church. I was a murderer. Hello. These are the kind of people that God brings into the church. You say, well, why does he do that? I don't know. Talk to him. <laughs> Amen. So he, we're set aside for his purpose, but also he said he's chosen us that we might bear fruit, fruit that will last you know, and here's the thing. The invitation of He's chosen us is so that we might have fellowship with Him and the Father. Fellowship, this is one of the purposes. He wants us to have fellowship with Him. But not only fellowship through that relationship, but also to be a disciple. A disciple. Now see, a disciple, and, and this is more than a church member. Church member has to do with organization. A disciple has to do with somebody who's been chosen and has responded to that choosing, says, I'm going to follow the Lord, come hell or high water. Excuse me for cussing. Anybody, I mean, you know, I've had both. I've had hell and high water in my walk. How about you? I don't get all religious on me now. All the pastors say hell twice in church. Well, look in your Bible. It's in here a lot of times. You better take heed to what it says about it, too. So it's an invitation for relationship, for fellowship, but also for discipleship. And listen, if you're going to, listen, we, we, we've in the church in general, we, you know, we've divided up, you know, uh, uh, believers into categories. And according to that category, we believe that's, that's the degree that they should be committed I've had people tell me, well, yeah, now you're that way, but that's because you're called to be a pastor. I said, no, I was this way before I ever knew I was called to be a pastor. You know, you start talking about being in the Word and praying. Don't even get, don't even get past those two. Don't start talking about fasting and serving and denying yourself. And Boy, that'll fill up a church. 
Hey, my job's not to fill up the church. My job's to be a faithful messenger. Amen. God's, that's God's job. He'll fill up the church. But, you know, as we think about this, turn over to 2 Corinthians 4. We're talking about called. We're called. Say that, I'm called. Say it again, I'm called. I'm called by God. See, once you know that, I'm called by God. And then once you know, hey, you know what? I'm called right here to passenger. This is where God's planted me. I tell you what, nothing can move you until God's ready to move you. Come on. I mean, you even want, I mean, you're, you, a lot of times you want to go, but you can't. A lot of things people, people, some people seem to be free to do, I can't do. I want to sometimes, <laughs> but I can't do it. Amen. I want to give people a piece of my mind sometimes, but I can't. God won't let me do it. I want to. Second Corinthians. Let me get over there. <laughs> what y'all laughing about out there? Y'all know you feel that way sometimes. Don't you ain't fooling me. I didn't just fall off the turnip wagon. Second Corinthians four seven. Listen to what Paul said. He said, but we, so that would include him if he said we, right? We have this treasure in jars of clay. I think King James says earthen vessels, but I like this with jars of clay. Jars of clay. You know what you are? You're a clay jar. So don't go getting all highfalutin on us. <laughs> Y'all know what that means. <laughs> don't get full of pride. I'm something. I've got more degrees than a thermometer. Yeah, but you're still just a, just a clay pot. We're, we're happy for you that you've got degree. I have nothing against that, but you're still just a clay pot. Amen. And he said, we have this treasure, the treasure of Christ in us. He said, to show that what? This all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So once we recognize that we're called, we're chosen, God chose us. Yeah, we're, we're a clay pot. Yeah, some of us are chipped. A few are cracked. But we're still, we still got this treasure. I say, he says, we still got this treasure. <laughs> and it's in us. But it's, it's in us to what? To be released. It's in us to be released. And if it's not released, I mean, you know, you can go back to my example of an engine. You know, you can park your car in the garage or the driveway, and every day you could go out there, pop the hood, and look at that and say, wow. Man, that's a piece of engineering. I mean, maybe you got one of these big pickups or, you know, 700 horsepower. Wow, look at that thing. You shine it up. Speck of dust. Man, isn't that thing great? You close the hood. Go back in the house. The next day, you come out and do the same thing. Or maybe you do it once a week on Sundays. Pop the hood and look at it. Wow. I'm going to meddling now, haven't I? <laughs> but listen, when you crank that thing up, man, you ever heard of 700 horsepower engine when that thing cranks up? I, can, man, I, can tell, I don't even have to look around. I can be at the light in my SUV, and all of a sudden I hear this sound. I'm like, oh, yeah. Man, you look over there, and it's one of those Mustangs, you know, or, you know, 700. I mean, just, I mean it's just idling, and it sounds powerful. Man, when they put down on that thing, oh, man, it's talking to you. I love it. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. That's, that's, that's like the, 
the world. You know, we have it in jars of clay, earthen vessels. But if we don't release the power, who does it help? How can people see it? Uh, see, the problem is, a lot of times in the church, all they see is the clay pot. They hadn't got to the power yet. No wonder they don't want nothing to do with us. It's a bunch of crack pots over there. Until God touches them. Until truth enters their heart. Until the Spirit of God moves on them. Until the reality of God hits them through you and I. So He's called, and then we are anointed. The word anointed means to smear rub oil upon it. And of course, the scriptures in the Scriptures, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. We know that, don't we? You know, and, and the anointing of God is the empowerment or the ability of God through the Spirit that comes upon each one of us to fulfill the purpose God's given us. Listen, it doesn't matter if God's called you to, to, to help people park cars. There's an anointing there. If you are in hospitality and you're greeting somebody, there's an anointing that will be released there. If you're teaching the children, if you're leading worship, whatever it is you're doing, you say, well, I'm not doing anything. Well, that's the problem. We got two spark plugs firing in our engine. I mean, you know, can you imagine having a 700-horsepower engine and two plugs are firing? See, that's what the anointing does. The anointing, it, it, it's an it's a, it's a individual thing, but also it's a cumulative thing. It's a corporate thing. As each one of us finds our place, it releases an anointing. So there's an anointing here, an anointing there, an anointing here, an anointing there, an anointing here, an anointing there. You know, uh, when Cindy and I were missionaries in uh, South America, there are a few times where uh, we'd be flying uh, uh, from one country to the next or flying back. But going over the Amazon, wow, what a river. At its mouth, it's a mile wide. Huge, huge river. I mean, you climb that thing, and think, wow. But you know what? You know what forms that river? Tributaries. Many, 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 many tributaries. Some big, some large, some small. They're all feeding into that thing that we see. And we say, this is, the, this is the biggest river in the world. It's the greatest river in the world. You know why? So many tributaries feeding into it. You take away those tributaries, and the mighty Amazon will just dry up. Come on. And see, each one of us, you know what we are? We're a tributary. Here at Passion Church, you're a tributary. I'm a tributary. Yeah, but you're the pastor. You, you must be the Amazon River. No, that's where we've got it all wrong. The pastor's not the Amazon River. And he's one tributary. You're, but your tributary matters. That's your anointing. That's when you, you find your purpose. You, you realize you're called, and you, you step into your place, and you begin to use the gifting that God's called you to. And he says when all of that begins to happen, he says it's going to cause the body to be built up spiritually. Amen. We need your anointing. 
one anointing is not going to get the job done. If it was, God would have just called one person to be in the church. <laughs> he just said, okay, Norris, you go over here and do it. Oh, no. All of us. It takes all of us. It takes all of us. It takes all. You are anointed. Say that with me. I am anointed. I'm anointed by God. I'm anointed just like the pastor. Different gifts, different anointings, but you're anointed too. Your part, your part is, is powerful. And all of our tributaries working together. Oh boy, what a mighty Amazon of, of glory, of anointing, of power, of ability to testify to this city and our community. The empowerment of God to accomplish His work. You know this in Zechariah 4, 6. I'm just going to uh, paraphrase it here, but you're aware of it. Uh, the Zerubbabel, they were getting ready to rebuild the temple there. Israel had come back out of exile. And you know, and it looked like an impossible task. Boy, have you ever had something that looked like an impossible task? Ooh. And it just seemed so big. They had to rebuild this. I mean, it was completely destroyed. It was, it was utterly in ruins. And, you know, and obviously they were feeling some discouragement and despair. And so God sent a word to them and said, It is not by might and it is not by your power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. He said, You will set the headstone in place, shouting, Grace, grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's our calling is by grace. That's our anointing. That's by grace. And that's the way we're going to accomplish it under God is by grace. Isn't that right? It's God's empowerment. Oh, listen, church, get a hold of this. You're important not just to fill a seat. Not even to just put your offering as important as that is. in the. There's more than that. That's included, but it's more than that. You know, I don't want you, you know, I want you to feel like, man, the only reason they want me to come to church is, you know, so I can give any offering. If you're thinking that, you need to get a hold of this message. Because that's not what I've taught you. You know, you're more than an offering. You're much more than that. As important as that is, it's much more than that. God has you here. He has your calling, your gifting, your anointing. It just needs to be engaged. It just needs to be activated. And then thirdly, appointed. Appointed. We're talking about God's engine for vision. How's He going to get this thing done? How's He going to do this? Well, I'll tell you what I think. You know, if Pastor Norris can't do it, we're going to go find us one of them super-duper-duper, super-duper-duper-duper anointed ones, and they can get it done. <laughs> well, appointed. That means to assign to a position and by a designation. Now, we just read over there in John 15, Jesus said, I've called you and appointed you. In other words, He set you. What does that mean? He's assigned you a position here at Passion Church and in His body. There's a position, there's a place, there's a purpose, there's a calling, there's an anointing. And when you get to that place, it begins to flow. You know, uh, uh, when I, I come here to the church building, you know, I've, I've got, you know, a, a set of keys. 
I don't know how many. I've got maybe four, four or five on it. Well, you know what? If the, you know that the key to my office won't open the front door? You say, well, duh. Well, why won't it? It's a key, isn't it? It's a key. A key's a key's a key, right? But we, how do we, in the body of Christ, well, you know, wherever. I'll, you know, I'll go wherever, I'll do whatever. No, see, you're a key. And there's somewhere you fit. And you unlock your anointing, you unlock your gifting, and all of a sudden it begins to flow, and it begins to energize and build this body, and not only that, but flow out of this body into our community. Appointed. What are we appointed? Three things real quickly that we're appointed. There's other things too. But number one, we're appointed to be an ambassador. That means we're messengers of the kingdom. I'm a messenger. You know, now an ambassador doesn't set his or her own agenda. Well, now I know that the one who sent me, this is what they say, but this is what I think. You won't be an ambassador long. Because there's a thing about ambassadors, they can be recalled. (laughs) So we're ambassadors, we're messengers of the kingdom. We take the message of Jesus wherever we go. We're an ambassador, not just on Sunday mornings. You know what? An ambassador does not function when they're in their own home country. If an ambassador is home visiting, say, say an American ambassador from some country is home here visiting, he's not functioning as an ambassador. You only function as an ambassador, what, when you're on foreign territory? Marketplace, your neighborhood, wherever it might be, that's when you're his messenger. And you represent him. In the way you carry yourself, the way you bear, your attitude, the words that you speak, in in all these different ways, you're an ambassador. Messengers of the kingdom. We're talking about appointed. You're appointed, listen, we're appointed as healers. You know what healing does? Healing reveals the nature of the kingdom. The nature of God's kingdom. Everyone who comes to God is better, not worse. Everyone whom God touches is better, not worse. Isn't that true? We know this. How Jesus, Jesus, when He was anointed, He went to His hometown. He said, the Spirit of God is on me because He's anointed me to make everybody sick. To make your life hell on earth. To break everybody's... No, oh, he didn't say that. <laughs> you know he didn't. No, see, it's the nature of the kingdom. I don't know why people get... You don't want to split hairs. Does God heal or whatever? I mean, that's, that's who God is. He's life. You can't get around life and get death. <laughs> Amen. He's like, so we're, we're healers. What do we do? We go, around, we go around with a healing message, a healing word. God wants you well. God wants you to be restored in relationship to Him. God wants to, He's already provided to forgive all your sins. God wants to restore your marriage. God wants to help. Yeah, well, I know some people who said that, and it didn't work. <laughs> 
Well, let me ask you this. What are you going to do? You want to go around and tell them, you know what? Come to God. It'll be worse. Somebody says, well, 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 why didn't this one get well? And why didn't that one get well? And why didn't this one work? And why didn't that one work? Well, I want to tell you what. Uh, you know, you're getting way above my pay grade. Go talk to God. All I can tell you is what I see in this book. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing. All who were oppressed of the devil. So we see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the devil in sickness all in one verse. That straighten out your healing theology right there. The Father anointed the Son with the Holy Ghost who healed those oppressed of the devil. That's it. There's no more players. <laughs> Amen. You got the Trinity. You got the devil. That's it. That's other than men. That's, the, that's all the players there are. So we are uh, appointed as ambassadors and healers. Just, just be a healer. Yeah, but I'm telling you what. Them people, man, you just don't know what all they've done. You just don't know what. Man, those are the people that need healing the most. Didn't Jesus say, you know, when they begin to criticize him because he was hanging around with the sinners, the tax collectors, the harlots, all that bunch, you know, Nobody wants to have anything to do with. Jesus said, I've not, God didn't send me to call the righteous, but sinners. He said, he said, it's not the righteous that need the healing power of God. He said, it's the sinners. It's the sick. Boy, I was one of those. I sure am glad he was a healer when he came to my life. Oh, my goodness. Well, we don't, I don't have time to go there. I don't have near enough time to go there. And then finally, thirdly, he's appointed us to be disciple makers. We are to extend the reign of the kingdom. We know this in Matthew 28. Isn't that true? He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Amen, didn't he? And then he went on and he said, he said teaching them to observe all things. We're disciple makers. Disciple makers. I mean, we might not sit down and have our own little discipleship circle. You might. But, you know, we, we take what we have been given and we begin to give it to someone else. That's a disciple maker. You don't have to, you don't have, to have, you know, some big organization. You don't have to have some uh, 501c3. You don't have to have all. Just, just take what you have give, got, been given and begin to give it to others. You know that in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, Paul said, to Timothy, those things which you have heard and received from me, he said, he said, give them to other people who are faithful. He said, give what I've given to you. He said, impart that to other people. Share that with other people. What God has shown you, what God has done for you, you begin to just give it to other people. And he didn't say, just give it to Christians. Give it to people. You know, I found out it's amazing sometimes. You just talk to people just like, you know, like they know what you're talking about. You know, you just talk to them like, you know, that, you, know, not, you know, not every sinner hates God. Shazam. See, you got to be careful about putting everybody, we got, oh, we got the sinners pigeonholed. No, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of sinners just don't know God. They don't know how to get to God. Or they feel like they're not worthy to come to God. It's all kind of, but they don't hate, necessarily hate God. You might run into one a time or two that's been done wrong by, you know, supposedly a Christian. 
But most of the time, they just haven't heard. Or they just feel like, man, my life's such a mess. I mean, God wouldn't want anything to do with me. Boy, that, man, that's, that's right in your wheelhouse. Because all you got to do is say, look at me. <laughs> you know, man, you think you're bad. I mean, you, you, you know, you're the head of the class compared to where I was when I was lost. And so what? We begin to what? We be, begin to be disciple makers. I believe this with all my heart. We are becoming disciples and we are making disciples. That's, that's, that is the cycle for disciples. We are, we are growing and becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus every day. And as opportunity comes, what? We are making disciples. We're going to take what God's given me. I'm going to put it into them. Remember we said you're anointing. Now here's the thing about an anointing. If you're passive, so will the anointing be. Amen. Isn't that right? Go back to our engine again. It's parked out there in the garage. Sure looks good. Man, I read the specs on that thing. I could, it, it can do all things through Christ. Wow, what an engine. Man, there's power at work in it. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Wow. And we can read all about the specs. Wow, look at this. Look what it can do. Wow, wow. Raise the dead. Wow. Reconcile people to God. Wow, look at that. Heal the Wow, wow. Man, I'm telling you. Boy, what an engine we got. But we don't ever crank it. <laughs> or if we do, it's... <laughs> so here's my action points, and I'm closing with this. Recognize your place in His kingdom. Have you done that? Have you recognized? Do you really? I have a place. I'm called. I'm anointed, and I'm appointed for this. This is what I'm called and anointed and appointed for. And I'm going to get on with it. Because I believe this, just as the Scripture says, that we will give an account to God. I'm just so naive, I believe that. The Bible says it. I do. That we will give an account to God for what? Oh, well, you owned a big, beautiful home. Wow. Not, nothing wrong with that, but that's not what, that's not, that doesn't impress God. I mean, you know, you know, the streets up there are gold. The asphalt's gold up there. So he's not going to be impressed with your house down here. But what he is is say, what did you do with the calling, with the anointing, and the place I put you, the appointing? What did you do with that? Settle it, church. It's not too late. And then actively, actively, actively take your place. Actively take your place. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I would have done something, but you know, that preacher never asked me, dear God. Don't wait to be asked. Find out what it is and then get with it. I said, get with it. You know, if you're not using your gift here, come here and say, Pastor, this is what God's called me to do. You know what I'm going to say? Get with it. I'll help you any way I can. Get with it. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray right now. So if you would, just for a moment, bow your heads. Father, I pray right now.
that the reality of this will sink into our hearts and minds as never before. Lord, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, that we are, each one of us, each one of us, called, anointed, and appointed by Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Not by a man, but by the man, Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that each one of us will purpose more than ever. If we have found our place, we're going to be faithful there. And if we are not, Father, we're going to seek you. We're going to find our place. We're going to get in our place. And we're going to release the anointing that's upon our lives to build your church and advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.